0: everybody and welcome to Growth Week. This is a monthly, week-long conversation that is aimed at helping you grow in every aspect of your life. If the truth be told, everyone wants to live a good, healthy and vibrant life. But I'm here to tell you that a vibrant life is grown on purpose. It just doesn't happen by accident. So, no matter who you are or where you are in life, whether you are a businessman, a church leader, or a housewife, this podcast will challenge you and or your organization to grow intentionally towards your God-given purpose. My name is Justin Duro. I'm a certified John Maxwell leadership coach, and I'm also the lead pastor here at Word of Truth Ministry. With me in the studio is one of our ministry directors and co-hosts, Robin Aldea.
1: Hello, podcast universe, and welcome to this brand new episode of Growth Week. We are so excited to be sharing this month's content with you. We started off the conversation yesterday with some amazing content. So if you missed that, you better go back and listen to that because this whole week is just going to be filled with power, packed, impactful Um, conversations that are really just going to help you grow in your own life and so this whole week we're talking about pivotal questions and you know we referred back to many of our previous episodes where we made statements like you can tell a person's destiny by the kind of questions they ask. So we've always said that, we've always emphasized that the kind of questions you ask will determine the kind of life that you have, the kind of person that you will become. And so pivotal questions are so key right now. These are questions that will change your life. These are honest questions. These are powerful questions. And so we really believe that Growth is all about pivotal questions. You need Mm -hmm. to be able to ask yourself the hard questions. And so yesterday we covered the first question, which is the integrity question. And it simply asks, am I being honest with myself? And then you kind of take a pause and then you ask it again and you say, am I being honest with myself? Really? Like I said, if you have not listened to that one, you need to go back and listen. But today we are going to go to the next question, which is the legacy question. You know, Pastor Jay, I think all of us ideally would love to leave behind a legacy Mm. for a better future, a better world for our children, for our grandchildren. You know, we kind of all love this idea of leaving behind a legacy, just something that our kids can hold onto, something that our grandkids can hold onto. And so what this question asks is, what story do I want to tell? I wanna say like, we all love hearing stories. We love reading books. We love watching movies. We love, um, you know, even Jesus himself, he loved to tell parables. He Mm. used stories because he knew how powerful stories are. And, what we want to say to you guys, our lovely podcast listeners, is that your life is more than just a bunch of random disconnected events. It's actually a story that's being written. And whether you know it's formed from thoughtful responses or emotionally fueled reactions, we write the stories of our lives one decision at a time. Every single day, every single moment, we are actively creating a story. And so this question allows us to pause and to consider like, hey, what kind of a story do I want to tell about my life?
0: Yeah, Robin, you know, I really love listening to people's stories. When you listen to a person's story, you get a clear understanding of who they are where they are perhaps going, and sometimes even the mistakes they've made. It's all written in the stories they tell. And if you don't ask this question, you are not going to tell a good story. As a communicator, just to add a little bit, as a communicator, I remember... You know, doing my communication course with, with John Maxwell and he was saying to us, Oh yeah, you must always tell stories, but John always has powerful and good stories. And I, I remember saying, but I don't, I don't have good stories. I don't have powerful stories like you do. And he said, everybody has a powerful story. You really have to look at the choices you've made, the decisions you've made and turn that into a story that mm-hmm. you can tell or teach somebody. So this question is a very, very uh, pivotal question. If you want. to to leave a legacy for your children and for the people around you
1: definitely and you know Pastor Jay one of the points that um, Andy brought out was that we should rehearse our story mm. how do you rehearse a story that's still in the process of being told you know it's easy to rehearse something that you have the the playwright you have <laughs> the book or you have yeah. the movie and you can rehearse like scenes from that but the truth is it's like you're still living out your story every single day you don't know what's coming tomorrow
0: yeah Robin you know the whole aspect of rehearsal It's like somebody has to write the script beforehand. You know, we watch movies and we're like, wow, that's a powerful movie. But somebody wrote the script beforehand. And I think that's the idea that Andy was trying to bring to us that, hey, you can write the script for your life. You Mm -hmm. can write the kind of story that you want people to tell at the end of it all.
1: And the truth is, is that if you're a Jesus follower, if you believe in God and you are following him, he already gives you a huge part of the story. Like we can go to his word and we can actually say like, hey, this is a big part of my story because Jesus's story, like we know he came to give us life and life abundantly and all the promises, all the things in his word are there for us to live out. And you know, I think someone who has one of the most amazing stories apart from Jesus in the Bible is Joseph. Mm. You know, Joseph has such a powerful story because he went through some stuff. I think many of us, if we found ourselves in the same situations that Joseph was in, we would f- probably fail. We would probably make the wrong decisions. You know, he was wronged by his family. Yeah. He was sold into slavery. You know, he was thrown into prison, all this kind of stuff. Like he had what most people would have just been like, Oh, I'm a victim. I'll have a victim mentality for the rest of my life. But Joseph was like, no, every time I come across a difficult situation, I'm going to rehearse my story. And I really believe that that's how he lived. Yeah. So in Genesis 30, 39, we, we know the story of, he's now in charge of Potiphar's house and he's serving in this house and Potiphar's wife comes to him and, and, and she's like, Hey, come to bed with me. Okay. So, the Bible says he refused. He said, With me in charge, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he's entrusted to me. No one in this house is greater than I am. Mm. My master has withheld nothing from me. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? So basically, what Joseph is asking here is like, Why on earth? in the the, the the story that I'm busy living out right now, this redemption story almost. Yeah. So he's like, why on earth would I want to add adultery to a story that is going pretty well so far? Yes, there have been ups. Yes, there have been downs, but it's going pretty well so far. Why would I want to add this thing to the story that could potentially just wreck my life? And so in that moment, he's rehearsing, that story and that's why this question is so important like we constantly need to be asking ourselves what story do I want to tell
0: that's good when Andy brings this whole tension around Joseph I like the idea of rehearsing the story out loud Mm. so when we read it, it feels like he's just telling his story to Potiphar's wife, but he's actually saying it out loud so that he can, number one, listen to himself, hear his story. Mm-hmm. Like, if I say at the end of this, I cheated on my master or my on my boss, that's not going to be a great story anymore. So he's, he's like, even though I'm not where I want to be, but I love the way my story sounds. In fact, when you start rehearsing the story out loud, you quickly begin to convince yourself. Imagine I decide to cheat on my wife and I start asking myself when I get home, what am I going to say to my wife? Uh, Baby, I just decided to, you know, indulge myself in some wicked uh, desire just for a moment. Mm. When I say that out loud, I'm like, no, I don't want to, I don't want that. To be a part of my story. I don't wanna ever say that. So it will arrest me and force me to make a better decision in that moment.
1: Definitely. And it's like you you need to think about future generations. I think this is something that Andy yeah. touches on in almost every teaching is like every decision that you make doesn't just impact you. Yeah. It impacts every single generation that's to come. And you know, I think about like these cycles that we see families that get into, you know, like there's an alcoholic grandfather yeah. who then has an alcoholic son who then has (laughs) an alcoholic side kind of thing. And, you know, for me, there's certain cycles in my life where I'm rehearsing a story that's not being told yet in terms of, you know, believing for a godly husband, believing that I'm going to have a good marriage, that I'm going to have a whole family that's not going to be broken, you know, that kind of thing. Because... The story that I know from my my grandparents, my my parents, is not that. Yeah. But every time I speak about that, I'm like rehearsing the story of no, that won't be my story. My story is going to be one of I'm going to have one husband. I'm going to have a whole and healthy family. And I think that that's the power of that kind of thing. You just there's certain things that you just don't even consider because you've made that decision that my story what i'm rehearsing that's not part of the act like that stuff doesn't even make it into the act that's how serious you can actually take this the impact that it can have
0: so every time before you make a decision robin i can imagine if you think man i'm just about to commit my my life to this guy or whatever and you ask yourself uh is this still part of the story that i want to tell immediately your decision is going to be better so asking this question and rehearsing your story out loud will inevitably make your decisions a whole lot better mm.
1: so like rehearsing your story helps you to stay present in the moment it helps you to constantly just be making better decisions even just that little part yes will automatically help you to just hold on to certain things and let go of certain things because you're like hey that may be pleasurable right now it may feel good it may be a nice part of my life but that's not going to be a part of my story and that's okay.
0: You know, when you say that, I just thought of, you know, you can go for a party or attend a function somewhere, go hang out at a pub. And if you ask yourself, what story do I want the people to say tomorrow morning? Mm. I promise you, your decisions while you're hanging out at the pub are going to be better. But if you don't pause and ask the question, what story do I want the guys to tell tomorrow? You're going to drink, you're going to get drunk, you're going to do silly things and you've got no control of what people are going to say about you tomorrow.
1: Pastor Jay, I don't know if you've noticed that we have a few people and I think we can all say that we've kind of been that person a time or two where we like to embellish our stories just a little bit. You know, like we like to add a few details, make it a bit more interesting, that whole kind of thing. But Andy brings in this concept. It's really profound. And he made the statement also using Joseph's story, but I know you want to
0: use your story Mm.
1: (laughs) in this. But he says, don't be a liar for life.
0: You know, I said earlier, if you make a dumb decision, like if I decided to cheat on my wife, when I try and re that out loud, it doesn't sound good. So I am going to come up with an alternative narrative, an alternative story. And what that means is for the rest of my life, if I never uh, want anybody to find out, I'm going to be telling a lie. Mm. Every time... um, somebody asks me about that particular area of my life, I'm going to tell a lie. And I must be honest with you, I was there. You know, when you're a young Christian, you think it's all about works, you want to be perfect, you want everybody to say, well done, this is like the great guy. And I had already made some dumb choices and dumb decisions in the past. Um, Part of it was I got expelled. I'm not going to go into the full story, but I got expelled uh, in my Form 1, whatever grade it is here in South Africa. I think that's great. Eight, I think it is. I got expelled from school because I was banking, I was being naughty and all sorts of things. That part of my life was really dark for me. I didn't want anybody to know that I really was expelled. I couldn't find a place in any other school. I had to relocate to another town, a smaller town, try and rebuild my, my life and Almost changed the narrative of that story. So when I went to uh, to this town and I came back with a different story, which kind of had a little bit of success, you know, I did well. I came back top of my of my you know class kind of thing. So when I came back, that's the only story I wanted mm-hmm. to tell. But there was this whole year that I I always skipped because now I'm a year behind. I had to repeat, and I always skipped this part of the story. Even when I was giving my testimony, I would kind of, like you say, embellish, try mm. try and hide that, make myself look so good that everybody just thinks that I was a, like a wonderful guy. Then one day my spiritual father challenged me and said, hey, there's an aspect that I know is true, but I've heard you sh- share your testimony and you always skip that. What's mm. the deal? And that's when I realized that I was... In fact, I had come up with a few lies, you know, I I would say, oh, yeah, I had it to transfer to thing because, Mm -hmm. you know, that my uncle, I instead of just saying, you know, I got expelled. I had no option. But if I wasn't challenged to this very day, you guys would have never known that story. I would have always told you about how I got transferred Mm -hmm. and all that would have been a lie. And I would have had to live a lie for the rest of my life. So that a concept of choosing a story that makes you, that won't make you a liar for the rest of your life, is very, very powerful. Yeah. There are some people that are listening to us right now that the story that you have told your friends, the story that you have told everybody who knows you right now, if the truth be told, like if we go back to yesterday's mm. uh, question, are you really being honest in that story? Is that really what happened? I can tell you stories when I went to nightclubs, and I, even when I told those part of the stories to my friends, I would skip out the you filter. <laughs> filter things. And if, yeah. if we ask the, is that what really happened? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been lying to myself and I needed to be honest. And when I did this, it finally set me free.
1: Mm-hmm. And the truth is, you know, the temptation is that you always feel like you have more to gain in the moment by telling the lie. Oh, yes. And you feel like, hey, you've protected yourself. You've protected the situation. But the truth is, is that those lies will weigh you down. So whatever you feel like you may gain in the moment is nothing compared to to the weight that you will carry for the rest of your life if you never come clean.
0: And this is what Jesus says, the truth will out, (laughs) you know, it will come out. So you Mm. can think no one will find out, but one day you'll be surprised what you thought was well hidden, it will come
1: out. Yeah, and the thing is, like, we hear scriptures like that, like everything done in the dark will come to light, (laughs) but also not only will the truth come out, and that's kind of, like, scary— But the Bible also says the truth will set you free. Oh, yes. So it's like, yes, it will come out. And yeah, it might not be fun in the moment. And there might be consequences. That's the truth, you know. But it will set you free. That weight will be lifted off of you. And so that is so important. And the last point for today is something that I just love. I don't know. I know you love superhero movies. Like I love the Avengers. I love Marvel. You know, I love... Bring it on. All these heroes. But... I think a lot of us live our lives as if we are just supporting characters, but you're not just a supporting character in your story. You are the main character. That's it. And, you know, like we have protagonists, we have antagonists, we've got heroes, we've got villains. You can't just choose to be a bystander in your own life. You have to choose one or the other. And the truth is there's no in between. You're either a hero or you're a villain, you know? Obviously, who who doesn't want to be a hero in their own story? But we don't always see that. We don't always see the potential in ourselves. We don't always see like the ability to be a hero, maybe because we've come from dysfunctional families. We've made some really bad choices. You know, we've been the villain before maybe. But the truth is, is that you can be the hero. In fact, God wants you to be the hero in your story. Like he wants you to be everything that he has called you to be. And so choose to be the hero rather than the villain. And being the hero of your own story requires you to stop, to pause, to really be honest and to ask yourself, what story do you really, really want to tell? Like, what story do you want to tell yourself? What story do you want to tell your kids, your grandkids? And just to really consider that, like, hey, can you be the Captain America (laughs) in your own story, the Thor? I don't know. Um, Instead of the villain. And, and you know, Pastor Jay, when we were thinking about this, I thought about the fact that so often it's so much easier for us to be villains in our own stories. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that it's so much easier for people to be villains in their own story than to just just choose to stop, choose to pause, choose to really be the hero.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Robin, let's face it. uh, Being a hero is hard work. You have to go against the grain. But being a villain, you simply need to say, well, this is what has been given to me. I've got no option. I'm just going to go with the flow. Mm. It's much easier to be the villain because... Yeah, everybody, everybody's just doing it. I, I just want to go with what feels good or what is easy. But being a hero simply means that you're willing to risk some stuff and you're willing to lay your life down. Mm. You know, when we, when we think of heroes, obviously we're talking about the Avengers and the superheroes and that's, that's great. But let's think of everyday heroes. You know, the heroic thing. It's for me to go home on time, uh, help my kids with their homework. And I'm a hero in my in my kids' eyes. Mm. But many times it doesn't feel good. It's just like, that's extra work. Why should I do that? The easier part is like, oh, well, it's okay. Let me just uh, continue with whatever else I'm doing apart from being the real hero. So being a hero requires responses rather than reactions. Mm. Uh, Being a villain, you just have to react. How to, yeah. yeah, Well, this happened to me. I'm just going to react to it. Uh, I don't have to pause. I don't have to ask myself difficult questions. I'm just going to react. Whatever reaction comes out, that makes you a villain. But when you want to be a hero, it's your responses, the choices that you make. And for you to become a hero, you have to respond to these questions that we are talking about, yeah.
1: Definitely. And maybe you're sitting there listening to this right now and you feel like you've been the villain for so <laughs> long, you know, you or you feel like you've just, you haven't wanted to be a villain or a hero. You've just been that supporting character in your own or, life. Or maybe
0: you've been telling your story from a victim point of view. Exactly. You know, many of us, maybe you're not a villain. When we say a villain, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you, you've kind of been evil in it, but maybe you've just embraced the victim- mentality. And you're like, well, this happened to me. What do you expect?
1: There's nothing I can do to change. You know, the situation will never get better that kind of thing. But the truth is, is that you can, and that's what we love about these questions. And I mean, come on, we're only on the second question. And already, I think if you just have to take the first two and start making your decisions through those two questions, I think your life can be so much better. You have the ability to be a hero, don't settle for being that supporting character don't settle That's for right. being the the villain mm. definitely not for being the <laughs> villain like but be the hero be the person in your family that stands out that stands up for something be the person that in a society where values and morals are just like wishy-washy and no one even knows what those things are anymore that stands up for the truth like be the person that where relationships are falling apart and everyone it's so easy just to cut people off and walk away from people that you're like hey i'll put myself on the line again and again that sacrificial love kind of thing so you can be a hero
0: That's good. So it is your responses that create a better path for your life. It's your responses that make you a hero. Well, Robin, I've enjoyed uh, having this conversation with you. This is a great book. We want to encourage you. Get a hold of it if you can and learn uh, these principles. Today, we're looking at the legacy question. And basically, you need to pause and ask yourself, what story do I want to tell, I remember at the end of our uh, session, uh, of this particular session, I turned this thing a little bit around and I said, um, think of it as at the end of your life, mm-hmm. the obituary, the eulogy. What do you want people to say about you? And whatever you want people to say at the end of your life, it all starts with the story you narrate or re, uh, re- as we were saying, uh, to yourself out loud. If you want people to say, well, Robin was a hardworking person, loving, caring, you need to rehearse that story every single day and make decisions that will one day cause people to say that about you. So at the end of your life, what do you want people to say about you? So uh, if you want that story to be moving, if you want that story to be impactful, if you want that story to sound, look or appear like a legacy you have to start today by asking yourself, what is that story? And we challenged you to choose a story that doesn't make you a liar for the rest of your life. Because if, if that story is not true, it means that for the rest of your life, you are writing a story that will make you a liar. And maybe, uh, Robin, you, you touched on this a, a little bit earlier. Maybe you've already messed up your story. Maybe you've made some terrible choices, terrible decisions, and it, it looks like <laughs> you you are really in a terrible story. It's never too late to change your story. You have the ability to change your story one decision at a time and if you start asking yourself what do i want the rest of the story to sound like and start making those decisions today your story will get better so this has been really good talking about this legacy question robin
1: Yeah, so we want to encourage you guys to, as always, subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you subscribe so that you never miss a single episode. Share it with a friend. Share it with a family member so that they can grow alongside with you. And yeah, until tomorrow when we cover the next question, let's keep growing.
0: Growing.